ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. G'day, my name is Floyd. Yeah, I work in the Spanish mackerel fishery and in the Gulf of Carpentaria. I love what I do and love my job and you're listening to the Country Hour. Matt Brown with you this afternoon, broadcasting during the lunch break of the first test between Australia and Pakistan. Australia at lunchtime, day two, are seven for 476. Mitch Marsh is on 90. What a start. Now, this mini, mini country hour is coming to you from the Catherine studio this afternoon. I'm in the Catherine region because I've spent the morning just up the road at the official opening of the Northern Territory's first cotton gin. It's done. Yep, I was there to see the red ribbon cut. Want Cotton, in partnership with Louis Dreyfus, have opened this multi-million dollar facility about 35 kilometres north of Catherine, right next to the Stewart Highway. Now, to learn more about the gin and what it means for cotton in the north, I spoke to director of Want Cotton, David Connolly. How are you, Matt? It's uh, good to be talking to you. You know, it's uh, quite amazing. You and I talk about cattle issues mostly and uh, Northern Territory pastoralist issues and here we are, I've got my cotton hat on today and um, yes a Director of Want Cotton and uh, we're opening the gin and um, it's it's a very exciting day, it's taken a while to get here but um, extremely exciting. Yeah I think a lot of growers would have loved the official opening to have been earlier this year what did happen there? Uh, just trying to get in, trying to get infrastructure uh, that's not built in the Northern Territory, up from places as far away as Orange in New South Wales and, and Brisbane and further afield. Be- because this is the first cotton gin that's been built in the Northern Territory, a lot of the um, uh, fine services and um, exacting type of engineering is not available in the Northern Territory for building cotton gins, so we've had to get it. Uh, we've either had to get those um, that infrastructure from away or get engineers trained up on how they can build that infrastructure. So mostly at the moment we're only waiting on, on um, gear to get actually get here that's been manufactured from away. It's been done, we're just waiting on transport to get here now and uh, that, that's the hold up in a nutshell. So here we are, the newest cotton gin in the world. Yeah, exactly. As your boss Alan Myers told me. Oh, did he? Did he? <laughs> um, for, for those who don't know much about ginning cotton, tell us about this facility. Well, this is the newest facility in Australia. It's, it's brand spanking new. We started it off as a second-hand facility of an old second-hand gin that, that we bought. We bought you know, a whole heap of um, gear out of a, out of a second-hand gin. Um, really what we're after there was the press. So we've got a, we've got a very uh, good reconditioned press, but the rest of it we decided that we'd go and buy new. Our partner, Louis Dreyfus Company, who will be operating this uh, in partnership with us uh, under the name of Northern Cotton, they talked us into buying all new equipment and making the gin bigger than what our plans were at the start because they could see the industry growing before them and really the gin would have been that we, that we started off to build would have been at capacity by the time we'd finished building it. So we needed, it's like building a bridge that can only handle one lane of traffic. By the time you finish it, you need two lanes of traffic. So we, we acquiesced 
and um, we, we've built the gin to a larger capacity. And well, What is the capacity? The capacity is 50 bales per hour. So the capacity actually works out at how many hours you want to put in. Mm. You know, we'll do 150,000 bales, no trouble at all in a season if that's what we need to do. And as we stand here, I can see all of this cotton wrapped in bright yellow, bright, bright pink. Yep. As I said on that TV show, Matt, it's wrapped in plastic. <laughs> Roughly, what areas has this cotton come from? Uh, this cotton's come from uh, areas of the Douglas Daly, uh, Tipperary, uh, Catherine areas and south of Catherine in the Northern Territory. And as far as field as, um, as Kununurra, we've got four growers that have sent their cotton over from Kununurra. Now, a lot of growers have taken the opportunity to send their cotton south again this year. That's a cash flow issue, Matt, because you yeah. don't get paid for your cotton until you gin your cotton and then sell it to the merchant that you've sold that you've set up your sale with. But these people have decided that uh, they wanted to have their cotton ginned here and they've foregone that early cash flow to, um, to gin this cotton after the opening now. And all these cotton modules are outside. I, I stand here under this beautiful shed and go, why isn't the cotton in here under, you know, right. under the shade? Well, we can't put it all in, in this big shed. This is actually the bale shed. So the cotton, once it's turned from a module yes. into the 4.2 bales that that will produce, as it comes through the gin, it'll, then those bales will come into this big undercover shed for the bales. I, I'm informed that not all... Not all cotton um, gins even have roofs over their bale shed, but we need it here, of course, with the big wets we have. It's been okay to have the um, have these big modules out on our pads. Um, you know, I'm also reliably informed by people in the cotton business that these pads are unique. The way we're stacking this cotton and putting it on these on these module pads is unique. It's the only way it's done in Australia. Uh, and people are saying to me we might be changing to do it this way in the future. So we've made big pads and uh, we've got a 1% slope on them and they're all properly drained and the water just runs off them. And, you know, there's been the rain that's that's been here at Catherine mm. and the water's run off them. I've, I've just taken over some experts to have a look at the cotton. I'm no expert, Matt, but I've taken the experts over to have a look at it in the modules and they're saying, oh, fantastic. And as long as, as, long as cotton doesn't sit in water... It, you know, nothing will happen to it, and this doesn't sit in water, the water runs off. So um, it, it all looks pretty fine. It's all looking pretty good. If you're tuning in, this is the Country Hour, and we're at the Want Cotton Gin north of Catherine. Its official opening is today. I'm with David Connolly, and we're standing here looking at all these cotton modules. When does ginning actually get going here at this well, facility? there'll be two types of ginning that'll get going. Ginning will start early next year, uh, but that'll be probably on our cotton, on Tipperary's cotton as the, um, um, as the guinea pig cotton because with all this machinery here, Matt, millions and millions of dollars worth of machinery, you could bet your socks that the minute you put something in it and turn something on, something will break. It'll jam some cotton up somewhere or something won't be calibrated quite right. So we'll spend a few weeks calibrating it all with our cotton so it's not with our customers, not with our clients, our growers. Yeah. And then uh, once we've got it right and... Uh, and our ginning team, the LDC ginning team, are, are satisfied. Then we'll start start punching the growers' cotton through. So it might be February or something like that. And it's then bound for export, I assume. Yeah, well, it can go out of Darwin. Yeah, it can go anywhere in the world. Interestingly enough, some will go out of Adelaide. So the most amazing uh, freight figures, um, things like rail freight to Adelaide, and then on a boat to the world works, and also uh, on trucks to to Darwin to the world so um, that's that's mostly what will happen there might be some cotton um, go southeast, head towards Brisbane as well but look most of it will go out of out of Darwin but 
but there will, will also be cotton from this gin go out of Adelaide. The, the logistics numbers are amazing. Wow. And then what about the cotton seed? And that's sort of where your well, roles a, overlap a bit. Yeah, well, this is where I came into cotton. I wasn't so interested in cotton as a, as a crop, but I was interested in cotton seed as a supplement for our cattle and that's where this all started so we started growing cotton on Tipperary because I wanted the cotton seed for our cattle uh, as a supplement and then the the lint was a byproduct for us and for me it still is of course it's not for my brother who's the farmer and he wants the lint um, and, and when we started getting the lint it became very obvious to it to us that trucking at three and a half thousand kilometers south all we were doing was paying the freight companies. We weren't getting any profit ourselves, and neither were any of the other growers. So it became very obvious to me that we needed to have a gin in the Northern Territory. And I said to uh, to my boss, Alan, I said, someone's got to be brave enough to build a gin in the Northern Territory if, if cotton is going to be a viable uh, product to grow in the Territory. And Alan succinctly said, well, why don't you? Why don't you get on with it? And he, was, he and his partners have been brave enough to build this gin. Fant- unbelievable risk. Um, yep. and, and should be good reward, but, but they took the risk and more power to them. A lot of money. So I've been told north of $70 million. Uh, Somewhere around there, you know, would have made a good holiday a, somewhere. A big investment in northern Australia. So now that the gin is built, what are you expecting from growers? Are, are we going to see a lot more cotton now planted? I don't think... Oh, look, I think the answer is people will grow cotton. Um, I think the Dorothy Dixer is that people won't be tearing down trees to plant cotton because we've already got our farmland I mean Tipperary for instance we've got oodles of farmland that we used to grow um, hay on we used to grow pasture on and make pasture hay we've just we're converting that land to cotton and it's dry land cotton mat so the rain that comes out of the sky is our irrigator you know you don't see any irrigation cotton on on um, Tipperary that's not to say, as my brother Bruce would say, that's not to say that at some stage there, there might not be you know there might well be a an irrigation um, cotton um, option in the Territory. But and we get 60 inches of rain a year. We're planting our cotton now. Mm. We, we're having a very late start to our wet. It's very dry at home, but we've had just enough rain to get it germinated. And now we'll wait, wait and we are to use that wet so that we can get that cotton grown. So, yes, the answer to the question is, I think there will be more cotton grown, but it will be grown on the land that's already put aside on these farms to grow crops on. I pick up the NT newspaper this week. There's a full-page ad claiming cotton kills rivers. Yeah. You keep seeing this. How do you respond to those who are oh, concerned? Well, well, the first thing I'd say is that's, that's a, a very expensive ad to put in based on information that's incorrect. So, you know, it's like saying Ford motor cars are better than Holden if you're a, if you're a Holden fan. I just, um, it's just incorrect information. Cotton doesn't kill rivers. Um, I, people are entitled to their opinion, Matt, even if it's wrong. We, we have engaged with all sides of industry. We've tried to engage with people who have that opinion. They're not interested... Interestingly enough, they're not interested in, in engaging with us. They're just interested in talking about, you know, what a negative cotton is for the Northern Territory, when really cotton is a huge positive. We've already got families moved to Tipperary who are now driving tractors and their kids are going to the Tipperary school. It's building employment uh, right across the industry. It's building supply chains. People are buying... Uh, machinery to handle cotton, they're buying trucks to cart cotton, uh, the tyre companies in Catherine are selling tyres to those trucking companies, the fuel companies are selling more fuel, the, um, it, it will run right across... The, this facility the alone will employ how many people when it's well, running? When, it, when running really efficiently, probably 40 people, Right. but it's, but it's employed 
It's already employed hundreds of people to build the thing and it's put uh, accommodation in Catherine, it's put a whole heap of money locally into Darwin and Catherine. Um, you know, we received a letter uh, when we started to talk about building this cotton gin from the Catherine Town Council. It's always stuck in my neck because they told us that they don't support the cotton industry and they don't support a cotton gin. That's what the Catherine Town Council wrote to me. But interestingly enough, the cotton gin has supported the Catherine area because it can't help but. We've put accommodation to the town, we've bought fuel from the town, we've, we've been bringing all the builders and handymen and all the engineers out of the town, we've, we've got an engineering firm from, um, from Darwin, we've got the local um, guys here that run their graders to do all their civil works. It, we're already supporting the community, so it doesn't matter whether Catherine wants, us, wants our support or not, they've already got it. And just finally, I know you've got to go here. What do you hope the cotton industry looks like over the next five years for the Northern Territory? Well, I, I think that uh, it, it's not a hope because I've seen those one-horse towns down in uh, southwest Queensland turn from a one-horse town into a, a full team. Um, towns become prosperous, areas become prosperous, people can find work, um, towns start to thrive, uh, there's employment, there's schooling. So... Uh, it's it's not a hope, Matt. I know that this industry will bring prosperity to this region. Farmers have been crying out for a crop that they can grow, that they can sell on a world stage out of the Northern Territory since farming was a thing that started in, in the Northern Territory. And a lot of those options to us, the sorghums and, the, and all the other crops, they just haven't worked, and cotton is, because we can water it from the rain. And even when Kununurra builds its gin, this facility here has got a strong future i think there's plenty i think there's plenty in the industry for all of us thanks for your time good on you matt that is the director of want cotton david Conley. so the first cotton gin in the northern territory has been officially opened and i can tell you there are several nt cotton growers that are out planting crop right now and I've been told up to 15,000 hectares will be planted in the Territory this season, which will be a record planting. And now, instead of trucking that cotton all the way to Queensland for processing, it'll happen at this gin to the north of Catherine. I caught up with Adam Kay, who is the Chief Executive of Cotton Australia, to get his take on the significance of the Territory's first cotton gin. G'day, it's Adam Kay, I'm Chief Executive Officer at Cotton Australia, which is the peak body for cotton growers in Australia, and uh, it's just so exciting to be here at the opening of this Want Gin, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, how many years in the making has the development of the industry been up here, you know, I, I can remember... Uh, the Cotton Research and Development Corporation investing in the North back in sort of 1993, and and that you know research has been ongoing, and uh, and so I think that you know whilst the it's great to see the gin, this is all on the back of some wonderful R and D that's um, you know supporting the development of an industry in the North. What's your take on the significance of the Northern Territory now having a cotton gin? Well, it just opens up the uh, the possibility you know, for for growing cotton, which is uh, you know a crop that's in demand globally. You know, people want to be clothed. You know, Australia's got a wonderful reputation for the yields we produce, the quality we produce, and the sustainability credentials of, uh, of Australian cotton. And so we sell every bale we produce each year. And um, and I think, you know, in time, the proximity of the territory to some of our key markets, you know, it's across to Indonesia, you know, I just can't wait until we're, we're um, sending bales across to Indonesia to be spun and made into T-shirts that, you know, territory 
you know, Northern Territory cotton T-shirts coming back into the Territory, you know, and it, and, and it won't be that far away. You know, we're seeing Australian cotton being really picked up by retailers and brand owners uh, in Australia. You know, your, your, your big brands and retailers are going to 100% Australian cotton and it'll be great when, uh, when the you know, cotton from the Territory is coming back to the Territorians. In a big year, Australia can produce over 5 million bales yep. of cotton. In years to come, what do you think Northern Australia can contribute to that? Yeah, look, it's um, obviously there's enormous potential, but it's it's really up to individual growers. You know, the industry as a whole is not up here, you know, promoting cotton and people should go into cotton. I think it's just when people see others growing it, they learn how to grow it, they get confident um, about, you know, the sustainability of the crop and then you see them, you know, start to grow a small area and build up. You know, that's what I've seen in other areas in the south when the uh, when the industry expanded into the Riverina is just sort of, you know, this organic growth. So, you know, I don't think there's any agenda to sort of, you know, push it and, and, and expand crazily. I think it's, uh, you know, people just... Uh, you know, get on board, grow a small area, get comfortable with it and, uh, and learn about it. Southern growers that you speak to about what's happening in the north, what, how's it been received? Oh, they're they're all interested. You know, everyone's looking for the next opportunity, and uh, you know it's uh, you know there's no more you know water in the south. You know, you, you, the, there's no more um, irrigation water to be purchased, and and it's getting expensive. So the idea of you know rain growing cotton in these new uh, areas is is exciting, and and the opportunity for young people with some experience in cotton production you now to come up. You know, you, you see some of the young people that are up here today. They're so excited about the the opportunities that. The, you know the territory could bring we're leaning against a, a northern territory cotton module right now is it good cotton i can't tell well, well look i tell you the color looks uh, the color looks good and uh, i'm just looking at the the length of it it looks uh, it looks great yeah you know, I'm, I'm sure this will be um, you know attract a premium price it looks uh, it looks really good so i'm assuming that's from uh, you know the last pick just finally there's been talk about developing the north for years forever is this what it looks like, do you think? Well, I think th- this is it. It's sort of, uh, you know, chicken and egg stuff with cotton that you really need that gin, you know, that first stage of processing. And um, we've had innovative growers, you know, growing the crop and having to transport it 3,000 kilometres, which is not ideal. Now they've got that, that first stage of processing, you know, on their doorstep, which is so exciting. And, and you know, we're seeing the, the development of the industry over in um, Kununurra. You know, it's, it's, it sort of got started and then, uh, you know, slowed down. Sugar came in. Now it's up and going again. We've got the same happening up, you know, Julia Creek and, uh, and those areas up in um, in North Queensland. So, you know, I think it's uh, it's just going to be that slow organic growth as, you know, innovative farmers come up, prove it can be done, and then that then gives um, the confidence to people invest in the in the ginning uh, equipment, and uh, and that's how you see the industry develop. But uh, yeah, I think it really is exciting to see this gin though for the territory because that's you know it's going to be uh, full steam ahead for Catherine. It's uh, it's really exciting. That is Adam Kay, who is the Chief Executive of Cotton Australia. And I'll bring you more stories from the official opening of the Cotton Gin on Monday's Country Hour. Now, just before I take you back to the cricket there in Perth, a reminder about this. Tales from the Tinny. This Friday, it's lines in and full noise into the mangroves as Tales from the Tinny says goodbye. Here's stacks of vintage tinny yarns and some old school voices. As the boys reflect on 17 years of fishing silliness in the top end. Only problem is, the cricket's on at the same time. Cricket? You've got to be joking! 
It's all good, but because you can still join on the ABC Listen app. The Tales from the Tinny finale, available this Friday on the ABC Listen app. Oh, when will that podcast be ready? I've been checking the phone all day. <laughs> the final ever episode of the Tinny, can you believe it? After 17 glorious years. Make sure you wrap your ears around that podcast. It will be history-making, I am sure. It's time for you now to head back to ABC Sports coverage of the first test between Australia and Pakistan. Keep it rural.